Hello and welcome to episode 15 of My Freelance Life, a brand new podcast from the team here at Milo.co. I am Preston and with me on the air, as always, is my friend Andy. Hey, Andy. Hello. If you've listened to the show previously, uh, you know by now that Andy recently quit his job to start working for himself. And this show is a weekly check-in between Andy and myself to see what really happens when you decide to start freelancing full-time. You'll find show notes for this episode at FreelanceLifePodcast.com. And this episode of My Freelance Life is brought to you by our friends at FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers. All right, so Andy, I just want to jump into today's conversation. I, I know it's been... You know, I have, a, I have a couple questions ready for you, but I know it's been a couple Great. weeks since you've been back from uh, Europe. You're now sort of back in the saddle after a little bit of time away. And I'm just curious, how are things going? Well, they are going well. Like you said, it's been a couple weeks. And this last week, I feel like I'm finally getting back to like a good groove. I'm not where I was before. For some reason, I was like, I felt like I was doing really well before in terms of like consistency and momentum and all. I'm getting back to that point, but it has been a little while getting there. But now I'm back at it, working mostly consistently and making good progress on the projects I have going on. So when you say it's not quite back to what it was, are you talking just about like productivity, motivation, or number of clients, revenue, or sort of all of that mixed in a bag? Yeah, kind of all that mixed in a bag. It's at the be. I remember at the beginning, or uh, yeah, kind of at the beginning of the year, and before I went on the trip, I was putting in like, like in terms of billable hours, it was like several a day, and I was tracking, and I was like kept hitting records for how much I was earning per day, and now I think I hinted at, or mentioned it last time, partially due to a client that I'm working with who is an uh, an older client, so my rates were lower on this project. Uh, and I'm focusing on this project right now. So partially because of that, I'm making not as much per day as I was before the trip because I'm working at half of what my rate was when I left for the trip. And, but anyway, partially that and also partially just I, I'm distracted wanting to work on other things and then only bill, you know, well, just not enough hours a day, I guess. But getting, getting closer to it and getting more, more consistent is making that easier. It's an interesting thing. Again, you know, last episode, we talked all about your trip uh, to Europe and we talked about how that could potentially impact your ambitions as a freelancer and that kind of thing. And not that it was all obviously bad. There's a lot of, we, we, I feel like talk ad nauseum about the, the perks of like the flexibility and being able to go wherever you want, whenever you want, because, you don't have to clock in and be in an office and that sort of thing. But but there is, I guess, here's another piece that we've uncovered a little bit is like, you know, when you when you come back off of a long vacation and you're sort of uh, a little bit of a vacation hangover or whatever you want to call it, where you're sort of in a daze or just sort of still just enjoying like <laughs> less less of a schedule and all that sort of thing. You know, when you're at a desk, it's maybe not that big of a deal. You're, you still are collecting a paycheck and obviously, you know, your boss would prefer that you be a hundred percent, but if you're 75%, it may not be that big of a deal when you're working for yourself. Uh, that can be different. It, 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 you know, the ramp up time can, can maybe cause problems. Is that kind of what I'm understanding? Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to note that I'm sure many freelancers experience this, but I'm guessing not all of them do for some people. It's probably really easy to just sit down bust out several hours of work and move on. But 
for me, I, that this is something I struggle with. I sit down and there's a million other things I want to do and personal projects I want to work on and little bits of coding I want to learn for something else. So it's, it's something that is probably not just me, but I don't, if, if someone were to be listening to this and wanting to become a freelancer, know that this isn't how it has to be, but it might be something that you struggle with. Ah, that's really interesting. And I I would say, you know, my own personal experience, I struggle with that a little bit, even when it's not coming back off of vacation. It's just, uh, you know, changing your mind on what you think is important or what you're enjoying working on. When, 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 when it's only you sort of imposing deadlines, and now obviously your clients impose deadlines and that sort of thing, but really on the grand scale, it's your job to make sure you're productive and that kind of thing. And that can, that can be quite a serious challenge. I think for freelancers of all different levels of experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. And I think that it's, it's something that I was getting, maybe I, I go through cycles of this or whatever, but I was getting to be, like I mentioned before, pretty consistent before leaving on the trip. And it kind of is a, a positive feedback loop that for me anyway, when I'm doing better, when I'm, when I'm being more consistent, when I'm billing um, sufficient or significant hours each day, it kind of keeps that momentum going. And the next days are going to be good. And the next days are going to be good. And it, and it, and what I saw beforehand, of course, it's just one little span of time, but I saw that, that it was a positive feedback loop and it kept increasing. So now I'm just, at the lower end, at the earlier stage of that process, I suppose. You know, I've always been really critical of, of online, not critical, just sort of, I guess I'm not a huge fan of people who publish like their monthly income reports. You know, lots of bloggers do that. You know, Pat Flynn sort of made that really famous. Um, And, and I've always sort of thought, well, you know, it's kind that's kind of vain and sort of self-serving and, you know, I get why you would do it because the more money you can make, the more courses and eBooks and products you can sell about how to make money doing what you're doing. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I've never really bought in a hundred percent to like this, um, you know, publishing your income, but, but I will say there's, there surely is built in like this momentum piece, right? Where every month, uh, you know, if you're accountable to someone about the revenue that you're bringing in, uh, it probably builds in quite a bit more uh, motivation and momentum. You know, it doesn't have to be the public. You don't have to post it publicly, but lots of people opt to do that uh, with a mastermind group. If you have a spouse or a partner, you know, you could, you could be accountable to them every month for the revenue that you're bringing in. Uh, You know, I'm sure you and and your wife talk about um, how the business is looking, how the revenue looks and that kind of thing. But I think maybe the yeah, the takeaway here is like, the more accountable you are to you yourself and to maybe even other people, the more momentum or motivation seems to come a little more naturally. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, yes, (laughs) that was very tentative or a very hesitant. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I, I guess that's the only person I'm responsible to is, is my wife because we share our expenses and our liabilities and everything. And, and I do, because of the way we do taxes, actually, I, at the end of every month, look up how much I made that month and calculate what we're going to set aside for 
taxes and send it to her. And then she manages that side of things. And, and so every month, even though I'm tracking it day to day and every week I get an email that says how much I made and all this stuff, it's nice to see it on a, on a slightly larger scale that would be uh, every month. And I can see how much we, I made. And we also, because people tend to do budgets monthly as well. So it's nice to see it at the and compare apples to apples. So it's nice to see monthly earnings and know to, to meet our income side of our budget, I should be making this amount. And so when all is said and done for the month, then it's, you see what it is and it doesn't matter what each individual day was at the end of the day or rather at the end of the month, it has to equal what you need for the budget. I think I'm rambling off from the original question. No, but, that's perfect. Um, but anyway, so it does help to have that accountability. I wonder what it would be like if I didn't have that, if it was just myself I had to worry about and my my own income, financial well-being or whatever. But because I, I contribute to a, a pair, con- contribute to a team of two and want to be, you know, healthy financially, that that accountability I th- has helped definitely in terms of motivation or consistency. And I've heard the same thing from all of my friends who, who happen to work for themselves, that the accountability is just a huge piece of it. Um, you know, you have that sort of built in at a nine to five, right? You're, you have to be accountable to your boss, to your coworkers, um, you know, lots of, lots of different people at your desk job. But, um, but sometimes, you know, working for yourself, it can be hard to build in accountability. But it, it's it's maybe one of the most important things I've heard. You know, as I've talked to lots of people who are working for themselves, it's maybe one of the most important things that they've built into their business to keep the momentum going. I, I'd like to... That's interesting. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. one, one more thing on that. That's interesting Please. to hear you say that because while I, I do see that it's helpful, um, I would I would have anticipated that it wouldn't have been as big a deal as it sounds like it could be Interesting. just from, and maybe I'm sure it differs by person, but I thought, you know, I would probably be doing roughly the same without it's helpful to have that accountability, but I wouldn't have anticipated it being that way. But, I also can't speak from the other side. So it's interesting to hear what other people have said who have been in that place. Yeah, obviously there are a lot of factors and, you know, it depends a lot on your own personality and your own experience and the systems that you've set up and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah it, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to continue to watch that. I, I'd love to ask you, I guess, a follow-up question to something you mentioned earlier, which is uh, you said you were making a little bit less now because you were working with one of your older clients and oh yeah, and you were able to bill you know newer clients more. I remember if, if if you know listeners can recall a few episodes back before you went to Europe, you had like I don't remember doubled your rates and then doubled them again or something. I mean, you had raised your rates quite a bit. I'm assuming now you're talking about a client that came before that. Is that right? Yeah. Uh huh. And so around the start of the year, well, as we've talked about before, I've been periodically pushing my hourly rate up. And then sometimes I would just get crazy and really jump it up. And then <laughs> like you mentioned before the trip as a way to, to kind of stem the flow of incoming invitations for jobs, I just really put it up pretty high. What I thought was pretty high though. I've, I mean, this is something else we can talk about later. Maybe is actually, I shouldn't be thinking that's even too high, but for the sake of this discussion, I pushed it up there really high and 
Um, so, and also at the same time, I was able to take on a lot of new clients at the beginning of the year in January and February. And, and I was working a lot on these clients that were in some cases roughly double my clients from, from the fall. And so it was really nice. I was getting accustomed to that. I still had some, some like evergreen clients that I was charging, you know, one of like earlier initial rates and I was happy to keep working with them because we had a good relationship and everything. But I also had multiple clients at a, at a higher hourly rate. But then when I, when I come home from, when I came home from the Europe trip, I have a, or I, I, I'm mixing between past and present tense because <laughs> yeah. it's happening now too. But I currently have a a project that needs to be finished in in the near future. So I'm focusing on this a lot. And so it, most days I'm working only on this project and the client is from back in November or earlier. And it took a while to get the project off the ground. So now that it is running, I'm working at what feels like half rate, half of my rate because I, I got accustomed to it, to, to my new hourly rates. And then a previous project kind of, fi- fi- uh, uh, the previous project came around and was, was now launching. And anyway, so it wouldn't be that big of an issue if I was also working uh, a decent amount on newer projects and with newer clients. And I actually do have some, some work in that, um, in that wage realm. But like I said, I'm focusing on this other project to get it finished up. And so most days are like half rate, but as soon as half rate is a bad term to use, but (laughs) half, half wage. Um, but as soon as this project's done, then I have a couple more that are back to those higher wages. So I don't even remember why I started saying this, but no, that's perfect. I, uh, I was just explaining the scenario. I so, guess. Okay. So I guess my, my question then is, well, okay. One more clarifying question. And then I really want to dive into to the bigger question. So, so uh, is this uh, the, the project that you're taking the lower wage on now, the client is from months and months ago when you had a lower wage, is it yes. the same project or is it just the oh. same client new project? That's a, that's a good thing to clarify. It's the same project more or less it definitely evolved over time but um it's the same okay. contract and everything so basically yeah, at the beginning the client, of the project you, you you said on you know you settled on a, an hourly rate and you're just sticking yeah. to the rate for that particular project yeah exactly that's what i've done and sometimes i'll have i've had clients where we finish a project we close the that job or that contract and then in the meantime i've upped my rate and so when they hire me a second time, it will have my new rate. And it's only happened maybe once or twice, but then the new contract goes under the the hourly rate. And I suppose if they were particularly um, attentive or, or really bothered by close that at their budget, they might, they might notice that and say, Hey, can you do the, the rate from earlier and we could negotiate whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that so that I guess is is really the root of the question. Um, uh, you know, is it in your opinion, is it worth keeping? I guess a, a recurring client is what some people might call it, like 
predictable income every month from, you know, client A who you hired or who hired you clear back at the beginning and your rates were half or a quarter or just a fraction of what they are now, is it worth keeping them on because it's consistent revenue every month or uh, or should you try to raise your rates with that particular client? Uh, that's a great question. And actually, a lot of mine aren't. It's hard to call them consistent revenue because it's not that I know that we're going to have projects together. Um, and they don't have you on like retainer or anything. Yeah. It's just I that think, they have a lot of projects. Is that what it is? Well, it, it's just kind of they... I don't even know sometimes, like we haven't closed the contract, but every few weeks I'll be like, Hey, can you help me with this thing real quick? And I, I can, I can work on it. So for me, it hasn't been that bad because if I have somebody and I haven't worked with them in, in a couple of weeks and the previous things we worked on were, were finished and delivered. And then a couple of weeks go by and maybe I'm really, really busy on one or more other projects. And then they come back to me. In fact, this happened recently. They come back to me and they're like, Hey, can you help me with something? Then I don't feel bad. Even though we have a live contract, I don't feel bad saying I can't right now. I'm really busy. Oh, interesting. And, okay. And if, and if I'm, if that's motivated partially because maybe I could fit it in, but the amount of added work it would or the amount, if I'm already full in the day and the amount of added work it would bring is not um, worth it for me for the rate. And I could say, you know, I don't have the time to focus on this right now. I personally wouldn't feel bad about that because for all intents and purposes, the contract was finished previously. Just as a technicality, the contract is still open. We're talking about Upwork specifically. And so I, I don't feel right, bad yeah. saying, yeah. I'm really busy right now. Maybe in about a week or two, I could work on whatever thing it is. I just think it's important for freelancers to understand the mentality of clients. You know, a lot of times as freelancers, we can be so scared to raise our rates or talk about money at all. Like that can be a really awkward thing. Um, I, I just, mm -hmm. I, if I can share my experience as a client, you know, about, uh, it was almost a year ago, I hired someone to, code a, a Photoshop document into a, a WordPress, not even WordPress, actually, just HTML, like a landing page. Mm -hmm. And he did great work and uh, turned it around really fast, really accurate work, like really, really top-notch stuff. And then I went maybe eight or nine or 10 months without talking to him. Like we never really worked together again. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I had a need for another similar project. I went back to him and he had quadrupled his rates and you know what? I like without hesitating, I paid the rates because I already knew that oh, he wow. did great work, that he did fast work, that it, and and that I could get the return out of the the investment that I was making. Like I, I had already sort of figured out, okay, if I can save ten hours of my time doing this project and work on something else, then and then that can get done in two or three days. All of that together is infinitely more valuable than you know, this rate that I'm going to pay him, even though it's four times the amount that I paid him last time. And so I think it's just important, I guess, for freelancers to understand, and, and I'm, I'm curious if you agree with me on this, to understand the psychology, I guess, or the or just the mindset of a client, especially if you take it a step further and, and 
your client is actually an employee working for someone else and they just have, you know, a, a $20,000 yeah. budget this year and they can spend it however they want. It's no skin off their nose. If your rate goes up a little bit, they care if their project gets done, if it gets done well and on time and if they can deliver results back to their boss. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I do agree with you. And as you were saying that, I was thinking how I could better implement that because I haven't had qualms with raising my rate. Really, I've done it, you know, pretty much flippantly at times, just like pushing it up to see what happens. And, but I think where maybe I've been um, getting, getting stung by this is with these previous clients where I just haven't closed out the contract. And so in terms of Upwork for, for talking about the way Upwork works, what could be useful to me is to just go back. I have a bunch of old contracts that have been running for months because they, because they didn't, the client didn't close it and I haven't gone around to go in and close it. And maybe what I ought to do, I partially, partially it's nice to leave these contracts open because if they come to me and say, Hey, do you want to, can you do this quick thing for me? It'll take five or 10 hours. It's really easy. I can just start working and start logging. You don't have to go through all of the the logistics of setting up a new project and all that. Yeah. And that's actually not that hard. So I shouldn't be worried about it, but I mean, it is nice to just go in and I can start logging time right away. They don't have to post a job or whatever. And part of me thinks that because it's, there's less friction there that they may be more likely to just ask me to do it real quick instead of posting a new job that I would have to compete for or whatever, which maybe wouldn't be the case. Maybe they would come straight to me anyway. But the thing being with what I could do, I think what I should do more is close out those old contracts and not only, I mean, it could help in a lot of ways. It helps give feedback while it's, you know, fresh on the mind, which also would help um, my, my profile, profile yeah. and my, my feedback scores. And so not only that, but it cleans things up on, on the like administrative side. And then when they come back and like, Hey, can you help me with this? Then I, they go to make a contract and maybe they won't bat an eye at the fact that my rate is what it is. So in fact, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. This is a good this is a good discussion we're having. I'm going to go and close out some of those old contracts because well I did a few before we left actually because I wanted to it was a, it was for a different reason because I have a lot of contracts at really early rates that just have remained open. And whenever you close them that becomes the most recent thing on your feedback timeline. And oh, so interesting. it shows that your your hourly rate is, you know, way up here and then the most recent feedback you got was for a project where you're working for a quarter of that. Yeah. And that could be, so part of me, I was like trying to hurry and close a bunch of these so that when I had a high rate job close, it, it kind of like um, trumped all the others by being at the top of the list. So I need to close more of those and then close some high rates above it so that they do kind of get buried down the list. I think if you've done a a good job for clients too, they'd be more than happy. Like if you just reach out and you're honest and you just say, look, you know, my livelihood depends on this, on my profile rating on, on uh, Upwork. And so I'm going to actually close out some of these projects. If you could give me, you know, feedback, that would be fantastic. And 
just so you know, I, it's going to be as easy as ever to work with me. Don't worry about that. You know, you can still reach out to me. We can still hurry and set up a project in, you know, 30 seconds or whatever Upwork lets you do. And, and we'll be off to the races. I still want to work with you, blah, blah, blah. But like, I think they'll understand. You know what I mean? I don't think, I, I doubt maybe, maybe you'll see like a 10% drop off of clients who don't come back. But I, but I really doubt it. That's a really good idea. Thank you. I think I need to do more of that. Some some sort of a system for that where you close it out and you send them a nice message yeah. that's canned, but not obviously so like, well, I mean, not canned, but like templated for the sake of making it easy for me, but that expresses these things and, and asks for feedback and, and also kind of opening the door for future work and, and so on. And, and I think you're right too. You say that most clients won't be worried about that. I did way back I mean, it's almost been a year ago now because it was some of my first clients. And I did at one point ask him, I was like, hey, is it all right if we close this project? Because we technically were moving on to a new project. And I said, do you mind if we close this? Because I'm pretty new profile and the feedback would help. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they like gave me great reviews and stuff. So I think a lot of people are fine to do that. That's cool. Well, that's that's a great idea. Um I, I'll be interested to hear how that goes over the next little while and see, you know, how that impacts your profile. And, and if you're able to raise rates with clients that keep coming back to you for more and more work, and maybe you still cut them a discount or something because they, they've so consistently used you. Like that's always yeah. the big question, right? Is, is what's more valuable having, again, this kind of coming full circle, what's more valuable having a client who calls you all the time and pays half your rate or having a client who calls you, you know, once a year, but will pay double your rate that, I mean, you can't, you have to find the perfect balance between the two. So it'll be, it'll be fun to hear how that goes. Um, anything else you want to chat about on this episode today, Andy? Well, yeah, I just had to write down those few things for notes cause I, I'm really going to go and apply this. Um, <laughs> awesome. man, this, this episode went by really quick. I feel like the first thing we mentioned, all the tangents from that has been what we've talked about since then. You said you had some questions at the beginning of the episode. Did we ever get to those? Uh, yeah. I mean, we covered all of mine. I, oh, okay. We ended up, uh, basically, you you opened by saying that uh, you had these old clients, so you weren't quite making as much as before your trip. So I think we've come full circle with all of that. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's one one last little thing we could talk about. Yeah, please. And... Because I've been, and did we talk about workspaces or co-working or something like that last episode? Do you remember? I don't think we have, no. Okay. It's hard for me to know because I'm talking with different people right. about what I'm going through or whatever. But uh, I've been looking at at office spaces a lot this last week, partially because it's fun, I think, just to look around and imagine what it'd be like. But I think part of it is because I realized that it can be really useful. And um, I, I think I just, maybe I'm putting um, more weight on it than it deserves, but I think it could be really helpful to have a place to go each day because sometimes I'll wake up. Now, the thing is I could solve this without getting a co-working membership, but I think because I've looked at the co-working spaces and got all excited by it, that's the thing I want to do, but it could be just as easily solved by going to the library, which I do uh, fairly frequently, but there's something about, I think this is where it becomes, where it sounds more valuable is when I go to the library to work, well, actually let's rewind the beginning of the day. I don't always know where I'm going 
<laughs> this is not a philosophical discussion. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I'm going. Like, am I going to sit at home and work? Am I going to go to the library? Am I going to go to a coffee shop? And the logistics can get kind of difficult because if I go to a coffee shop, I have to buy something to eat or drink to, to patronize it. And, and I'm happy to do that. But then I have to like schedule that in and like dance with my eating schedule for the day because it's like, well, I'm going to go here right. for a bit. But then when I leave the coffee shop to go get lunch, when I come back, I have to buy something else and maybe I'm full or maybe I don't want another drink or whatever the case may be. And it's this weird thing where you have to, where I had to like schedule things and I wanted to go there early enough before lunch or dinner that I can get my money's worth before having to leave the the joint. Right. So that's what it's like with the coffee shop dance. And then with, and maybe other people think that I'm being absolutely ridiculous and it's not an issue <laughs> for them. But this so. is, this is, I think this, this is common. This is what I go through. <laughs> but then there's the library and the library is great. And the library I live by is beautiful and I love going there. But um, it's, it's also, I, I think the library is, is a, a good option, but I also really like the vibe of other places where it's kind of, yeah, I don't, there's like the lively feel. And also what this may seem slight as well, but every time I want to get up and go to the bathroom or get up and go for a walk more than a few feet, I pack up my computer, put it in my backpack, potentially like take out my charger and go to the bathroom and then come back and set things up again. Not that big a deal, but over time it does kind of start to become a little bit of a, of a hassle. And I thought it'd be nice to just have a place where I can go there. I can leave in the middle of the day, leave all my stuff there and have lunch and come back. And if I get up and go to the bathroom or go for a walk or walk, you know, go out and get some fresh air for a second, I can leave all my stuff there and not feel worried about it. So I those are, am with you. you felt that way because you work out and about sometimes, don't you? Yeah, I, I try to go to the library most days, actually. I find I'm far more productive than when I stay home. I get a little mm-hmm. too involved, uh, you know, because if the kids are home and my wife's here and there's just too much to be done around the house and I just, I, I can't focus as well here. Um, yeah. Plus, I don't have a finished space. I'm like in an unfinished basement right now recording this. Uh, so, I've, I've experienced the same thing. I, I maybe should be more cautious. I guess if anyone listening wants to rob my computer, you can come to the library I work at because I just leave it there to like <laughs> use the restroom or take a call. I'll walk outside. Um, I'll even just go for a quick walk. There's like a park right next to the library I'm at. But yeah. also, also the library I'm in, there's like a back section where it's like just me and retired people reading newspapers so there's like hardly (laughs) ever anyone else back there it's not like a highly trafficked it's the back corner of the library it's also a very safe city so like it depends Uh it depends on you know it's a safe part of town it depends on you know where you're going i suppose but um yeah I've, i've struggled with that a little bit too it is a bit of a pain i do obviously pack it up to come home for lunch and that that kind of thing and and sometimes it's like oh now i have to go back and set up my computer stand and my keyboard and my mouse and my blah 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 plug everything in and and the worst is when i get back there and there's no chairs it's like a randomly uh, busy day so then i like sit in a random chair and balance my computer on my lap and that's a pain i'm mm-hmm. like i could do this at home so i i feel you uh i've thought about co-working spaces as well Funny side note for listeners too, you and I talked about starting a co-working space in our area because it's not one up here where near where we live. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking of that recently again, actually, but yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely interesting. So are you're leaning towards doing it? Like, you're are you getting pretty serious about uh, a co working space? I definitely am. And um, one more note on the leaving your stuff there. Oddly enough, when I'm at the coffee shop, I usually will leave my computer at the table and I I lock my computer, but then I'll go downstairs and my assumption is that we're all kind of doing the same thing and there's kind of like (laughs) this group protection thing that if someone were to, like if someone were to try to take my stuff and someone noticed it and they didn't do anything about it, then they have no right to feel that their stuff would be protected. And so my thought, my hope is that everyone is kind of in it to help each other there. The library though, it's just like a random computer and like a couple hundred yards away, not even visible as the bathroom. And, and so that's kind of, that one's a little more different, but at the coffee shop, I'll usually almost always just leave it there. And, and I also know, I feel like by the time someone got the guts, like that realized I was in the bathroom got the guts to grab my stuff and go for it. I would almost be out. And if I don't see my computer as soon as I walk out of the bathroom door, then I would just like bolt to the door and chase down whoever it is. And I feel like I'm fairly fast. So it is this, it is this weird irony though, because uh, like my entire livelihood depends on me having access to this computer. I mean, obviously I have files in the cloud and whatever, but like without a computer, you know, I could only go a day or two before like I, you know, have to buy a brand new machine. So, uh, it's it's interesting that I yeah maybe don't put enough weight into into that fact, but I I don't know I'm I'm weirdly I guess a, a, an optimist or a I don't know or I or I'm delusional yeah. whatever you want to call it, but I, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like look if you know if if someone by the time they realize it's like you said by the time they realize and take it and and if you know the odds that someone builds up the courage to do that unless they watch me come in every day and I sort of get a vibe for who's there regularly and who's not. Uh So I don't know. It's, it's again, depends a lot on where you live and that kind of thing, but yeah, maybe other places feel totally different and no one would ever dream of doing that. Or maybe some places people really don't worry at all. And yeah, but that's, Oh yeah. But anyway, back to like, so I am leaning towards it. I've, I found some places that have like rentable office space, but they were like, hundreds and hundreds, like six, seven, eight hundred dollars yeah, a month. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't need that yet. I think they offered a lot of like business management stuff. So there's a lot of value to be had there if that's what you need. But I pretty much just need a space to work. I don't need a nice looking office for like client facing things. And so I really was wanting to do that because I liked all the perks, but it just wasn't worth six, seven hundred dollars to me. But then I found nearby, um, and I think the web presence of various co-working spaces could be enhanced because I had a difficult <laughs> time finding this. And it just, I, I can't even remember how I happened upon it or whatever. But um, I found one and they had a, a plan starting at $50 a month, which was just, a, it was 24-7 access, but just um, first come, first serve on the desks. And then it's only $100 a month to have your own dedicated desk. And that, especially because I've compared prices with other places like down in Salt Lake City, and it seemed very reasonable. And I went and checked out the place and the guy giving me a tour, uh, we went up to the, the two different floors and they were very, very like emptier than I would have expected. And the first come first serve area, I think would not be an issue like I wouldn't ever be without a desk, it seemed like. But one of the cool things is as soon as we walked in at the very beginning of the tour, I saw 
a guy that I knew from years ago and he's an animator and he's working on really cool stuff, like full, full on, um, like animated shorts and everything. And I haven't seen him in years and I got to sit down and talk with him after and he liked being in the space and he's someone that I, I really admire. And it was fun just being there with him. And I realized like just being in a place like this surrounded with other people, like you, you don't ever have to feel, um, like part of being in an office, like a typical office is there can be a lot of distractions, but in a co-working space, if there are distractions, everyone knows like you're all kind of on the, in the same boat. Like if you need to just be working, no one's going to be worried about that. No one's going to pull you aside for a, a meeting out of the blue, but you also get the benefits of being around people like this friend of mine who are inspiring or who are uh, just doing interesting things. That's fun to learn about. And just talking to him, there was, as I told him what I did and he was telling me about what he was up to, there was the potential to work together. And he, he said, oh, when this new thing starts, I might actually need someone like you to, to help me with this. And he had in turn found somebody that might be hiring or might be leading to a great opportunity for him from this co-working space. So this was a great experience for me to be there. And I was, I was definitely like being sold on the idea just from that little tour that I went on. I love that. You know, it comes full circle to what we talked about in the very, be well, not the very beginning, about halfway through this episode of accountability. That's another option for accountability, right? You could potentially just have daily or weekly conversations with quote unquote coworkers, yeah. you know, people in this space with you that aren't even working on the same projects and you just sort of catch up and it's, it's like maybe a more casual version of a mastermind group where you all just know what you're working on and you sort of keep each other accountable. Hey, I didn't see you the last three days. Is everything okay? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Like there's, there's definitely for, for all the bad, uh, bad mouthing that a, a desk job gets, there are definite perks to oh, having yeah. coworkers and having, you know, people around and, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I've, I've looked a lot into it and, and, um, there's even off the air, we should chat more cause there's a couple of places nearby that'll do like a day rate too. If you think you're only going to use it a couple of days a month, you can just pay like, oh, okay. you know, 10 bucks a day or something and, and go sit at a desk for the day. So yeah. yeah, there's lots of, lots of good options. And, um, I, I'm excited to hear what you finally decide on maybe by next week or, in, or in a couple more episodes, we can chat about what you've decided on and how your experience goes. That's a, that's a fun thing to talk about as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm like I said, I'm definitely leaning towards it, but we'll see because the library is still free and that's, that's nice. right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But again, but, doesn't have some of the perks. So yeah. Well, good man. Well, thank you so much for your chat this week. Uh, we'll close it out if that's all right with you. Yeah, sounds great. Perfect. Well, as a reminder to everybody, uh, show notes for this episode can be found at freelancelifepodcast.com. Uh, we'd also love to hear uh, what you think about the show, you know, about the length, about the format, about anything that we're talking about. If you have any questions or feedback, you can reach us at shows at M-I-L-L-O You know, if you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to tell your friends about it. Uh, be sure to subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you always get the latest episodes. You can always follow along with Andy's journey as he takes uh, his freelancing full time. It's, it's been a great journey so far. I personally am enjoying hearing about what Andy's working on, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. Uh, My Freelance Life is a production of Milo. You can learn more about us and listen to our other podcasts at millo.co. The show was edited by Danny Gilman at echopodmedia.com. 
The theme music for the show is a song by Joaquin Carud called Road Trip. And we will talk to you next time on episode 16 of My Freelance Life. We'll see you later. 